How's everybody doing? Good. 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 You ready here? Okay, today is April 13, um, 2011, and the title of my message today is Training for the, Training for the Amazing Race. Um, this message has been in me for a really long time now, so I'm, I'm finally able to release it. Every single week, it's been, okay, are they going to talk about it? <laughs> and, and what's crazy is since um, Cody and Eric have been back, uh, there's been prophecy that have some parts to do with it, and which is amazing because it's leading up to, to um, this message. Um, the first, the scripture that came to me to get this message out is 1 Corinthians 9, 27, um, through 24 through 27. Uh, it says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get the crown that will not last, and we do it to get the crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. That hit me so hard when I heard that. Um, because, and all the activities that I've been doing for the last month and a half, um, training with Brandon, um, doing MMA, Stuff like that, had, that message speaks to me because um, a lot of times, you know, people will train or will read, um, you know, read a book on how to play golf. But if it's not applied, they're not going to be able to do anything about it. Um, and two, two kind of stories or videos kind of came to mind that I wanted to play before uh, we went into the next message. The first one's kind of funny. Everybody knows um, this story that Laughing at me and my slow walk 
I can gain it from you in a race. Ha 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 ha! You will win over me? You slow walking tortoise? You will win over me? Ha! <coughs> I will. Ha! Okay. Tomorrow we will meet here and have a race. Ha ha ha! Next day morning, both of them came and the race started. Both started running. The tortoise was very slow. He started walking, but the rabbit was very fast. He ran and disappeared from sight. After running for some time, he thought, The tortoise is very far. He'll take long time to reach here. Let me take some rest. The rabbit sat near a tree to rest for a while and fell asleep. But the tortoise kept on walking slowly and swiftly and soon overtook the sleeping rabbit. He slowly and swiftly kept on walking towards the goal. When he was about to reach the finishing line, the rabbit woke up. But the tortoise had already reached the finish line and won the race. Absolute best. <laughs> what? You only go to the 30? I think you go to 50. 50? I can go to 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, if you promise me you're going to do your best. Alright. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. Alright, then we'll say, don't you do it blindfolded. Why? I want you to give up at a certain point when you feel further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. Good tight hold, Jeremy. Alright. Let's go, Brock. Give the knees off the ground. Just your hands to feet. There you go. Little bit left. Little bit left. There you go. Jeremy, good up. That way, Brock. Keep coming. There you go. Good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more to you than that. 
You gotta keep moving, let's keep moving, let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving. Very best. You're very best. You're very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on it. Keep going. Keep driving. Keep your keep your knees off the ground. That's it. You're very best. Don't quit on it. You're very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on. Keep going. Don't quit. You're very bad. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. I'm his strength. And you negotiate with your buddy to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going. You hear me? You keep going. You do it good. You keep going. Do not quit. You keep going. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Keep going. Keep
they tend to start running at their own pace. They're like, ah, it's right there. I can take, I can go um, at my own pace, but the Lord has said, um, that it's not for us to know the times and the dates that the Father has set. So we don't know where, where the finish line is. And with 1 Corinthians, it says run um, to finish the race. Eric said in a couple of sermons ago, he said, it's not about starting the race, it's about finishing it. Cody prophesied um, a couple of weeks ago that a racehorse um, keeps going until its, its rider gets to the finish line, that it doesn't stop. And most of us tend to stop whenever it starts hurting. Um, I've been training Brandon for the last month and a half now. And Brandon, how, how many times have, have you thought that you, you couldn't go anymore? Pretty much every single workout. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so many people think that they can train, and running is like one person's sport. But if anybody's been um, on a track and field team, there's coaches, there's assistant coaches, there's um, <coughs> you know, it's, it's just because it's a sport that you do by yourself um, doesn't mean that you train by yourself. Fighting is a one-person sport, but you have to have other people to go against to be able to encourage you, to um, to show you um, if there is a more efficient way, is there a more correct way to do things? Because you can read a book, you can study, um, you, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't um, have to practice, if you don't put it into practice, it's no good. Um, Jesus said in John 4, 34 uh, through 35, well, let me add something to that. When, when you're working out and you're losing weight, what's, what do people say the most important thing is? Exercise or diet? Nutrition. Diet and nutrition. And that nutrition um, is food, right? And so in John 4, 34 to 35, yeah, uh, <coughs> let me know when you're there. Yeah. Well, Jesus doesn't say the, the word, because most people want to read the Bible, that they put no action into it. And Jesus says, my food, my nutrition, is to do the will of him who sent me. And to finish his work. Um, and to continue on, it says, you know, don't say that you have four months until the harvest. That's, that's when you're seeing that there's, there's a finish line when the harvest is right in front of you. You, you continue to train for the sport in season and out of season. Just like... Um, in season and out of season so um, no matter what comes along you're ready because um, we don't know when the Lord's going to come back um, faith 
is something that we can't see. So why do we do the things that we do? Why do we believe the things that we believe? It's through faith. It's, it's um, going for the things that are hopeful and and being and being blind. You know, um, what what are the benefits of being blind? If you see an obstacle in front of you, um, most people, if you're able to see it, you avoid it. But what if that obstacle is meant for you to go through? What if the Lord is leading you to that obstacle? And if you have the eyes to see, you're good. most people will just avoid it instead of um, going through it to become stronger. Because the more you practice makes perfect. That's what we were always taught in school. And, and it's true. The more obstacles you go through, the better you're going to get. Um, the more trials you go through, the more you're going to be able to endure. And when working out and building muscle and like doing MMA and stuff like that, it's to build muscle. You can't. How many people know somebody who is a champion bodybuilder lifting five pound weights? It doesn't happen. You have to max, pretty much almost max yourself out, and your muscles have to be torn down to be able to build to build back up and grow. And in the same way, our spiritual, our spiritual life, our lives, the Lord um, maxes us out and tears us down so that He can build us back up. Because only then, only when we're torn down, can we call out to Him. Because if we're not torn down, if we're not at um, our our limits, who who are we gonna cry out to? We're just gonna be like, okay, I just I just need rest. Uh, I can take care of it tomorrow. You know, uh, how many how many times have we done that? How many times have we been the rabbit and like, okay, I'm I'm ahead of the game. Um, and we ran aimlessly and, and wore ourselves out um, without purpose. But the tortoise knew exactly, you know, where he was going. And he stepped that, he kept that steady pace. Um, he had that self-discipline. And for Paul, um, Paul, Paul finishes the race. First Timothy 4, 6 through 8 says, for I am ready I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Now what did Paul do when... When he was in jail, when he was looking um, at his death sentence, he prayed. But what did he do along with praying? And a lot of us don't do is he prays. Um, pr prayer and praise fall hand in hand. So many of us pray, but we pray. We're basically when we're praying, we're whining. We're whining to God. You know, why have you put me in this situation? Why have you done this? Or please help me. Or you know that what we should be doing is, Lord, thank you for putting me in this situation and show me how to get through this. You know, most people who get prophecies, they're 
they're living, they're living to achieve the prophecy. But it's not meant for that. It's meant to, um, once it passes, once it passes, you look at the prophecy and like, that's what the Lord has promised. In Hebrews 11, 1, 11, chap, chap, well, chapter 11 begins with everybody who, um, in the, in the Bible that, you know, has, where promises were made, and some of them didn't see, actually a lot of them didn't see the end result, but they kept on persevering. And until they died, and you know, when, when they're raised up, the race is finished. And the Lord honors, the Lord doesn't care that you started the race. You know, uh, how many people have you known in this church that started the race that aren't here now? Or in the churches that you've been been to that started the race and aren't here now. You know, what matters is how you train for the race and if you finish the race. And sometimes you might not finish the race, but be sure that if you didn't finish the race, the Lord ended your training. You know? Um, you know, and don't think that you have everything... Um, everything right because none of us have everything right don't think that um, you know Galatians 2 2 says don't run the race in vain don't think that you're better than everybody else don't think that um, there's nothing about you that can be corrected um, because Jeremiah 12 5 talks about you know what it says is if you have raced with men on foot and and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? So many so many people think read one scripture and think that they know everything. You know, so many people uh, without practice, you know, think that they can handle the world. No. That's that's why you've been placed in a body to be able to be trained. Um, what they say in the boxing world a lot of times is you know um, he thinks he's everything until he gets hit <laughs> you know and, that's a nice way to say that yeah pretty much um, and, and that's and that's what I was talking about um, in, in the first scripture that I read how he beat himself he got himself ready you know um, he got himself to be able to know what it felt like to be beat what, what it felt like um, to go through everything, to go through that strict training, because it prepared him for to go out on his own. You know, um, Gabe and Debbie, man, we've known them um, so long now, and just to see the growth from you know, from back then, and and it's amazing to see what God has been doing in their lives and in the lives of like Nick and Lindy. Um, a lot of people. You know, the people who have been sent from here um, the right way. You know, a lot of people left and and <coughs> you kind of see in their lives what the result is. You know, you don't see the kingdom advancing. You know, um, and I don't want to be there. I, w I want to be well prepared um, because I know... Um, Joy and I aren't going to be here forever, but we want to be well prepared 
in season and out of season. We want to be um, ready for anything that um, happens, and that's and that's why um, we're living with Eric and Jim. We're seeing what discipleship is all about. We're seeing the transparency, the transparency. Of I hope it's not a parody. <laughs> <laughs> the transparency of their lives, and 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 we're blessed to be put in a situ in the positions where um, we're able to um, teach the the youth, and and some people might not agree with how we teach the youth, you know, because we we teach them scripture, but what the main thing that we focus on is how to apply the scripture, you know, and how that, how scripture applies to their lives, you know, um, because, you know, Eric um, can testify growing up, could recite scripture left and right, but didn't know how to live it out, yeah, and, and that's, and that's important, you know, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you, um, are not able to put it into action, it means nothing. Um, Galatians 5, 7 um, through 10. You are running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through a whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view the one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Most people think that it's the enemy that um, that cuts in. A lot of times, it's our own flesh. It's our own flesh that cuts in and keeps us from um, completing the race, completing the training. Um, and you don't you don't start training running a whole marathon. You, you go one step at a time. And what I've been learning in jiu-jitsu is you can be put in several positions. You can be almost submitted, but it's the technique that gets you out of it. And, and with every, and, and that's the thing with practice, and being in a place where it'll ship being in a place that will show you how to get out of every situation and and showing you um, and actually letting you be put in situations for you to learn how to get out of because um, that's the only way you'll learn and that's one thing Joy and I have been learning a lot lately you know is part of ministry is being a doormat you know people are going to come in they're going to um, need you and anybody who, in here who wants to be in ministry, um, start your training, you know, and don't give up that training until the Lord tells you to stop, you know, or until you get to um, that finish line. Um, James 1 talks about uh, facing trials and, and how the testing... Um, the trials produces perseverance, and per perseverance um, has to be has to finish its work so you can be mature. Um, 
and complete, not lacking anything. So if you're being pushed and you give up, you're not mature. Um, and you're lacking. Because um, one of the main things that the Lord tells us is to forgive, to love. And and if you quit, you're lacking that perseverance. You're, you're lacking you know, forgiveness. Because a lot of times... What happens when when you quit? Most people quit, and and the reason why they fall out, they they get upset at themselves, or they get upset at other people, you know. And 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 you'll never be complete if you if you hold those things inside of you, and and know that how much ever you think you're working hard, there's somebody working harder, you know. So. Um, that's why in the video for um, the Facing Your Giants where he's being pushed, you know, have, have faith that you're going to complete it. You know, don't already, um, don't already doubt yourself. Don't already set a limit for yourself. Because as you saw by that video, you know, you can push yourself um, and the Lord will carry you. I just wanted to encourage you guys and and be in fellowship. Encourage you guys to be in fellowship with each other because you can't train by yourself. And and once you um, start training, don't stop and don't don't quit. Push yourself to that limit until because um, once you get to that limit, that's where the Lord is able to carry you the rest. The rest of the way, um, everybody's seen the footprints, um, in every single Christian bookstore, and it's the same thing. You know, um, the Lord will carry you to the finish line if you can't finish on your own. But what He expects from you is that you've maxed out. one of those corny posters that people who are trying to sell you something hang on their walls. You never know how close you came to succeeding if you give up. But the truth is it's very applicable to our lives. If you live long enough in the kingdom, you will see tasks that were prophesied about. Uh, a preschool that would be created, uh, a co-op home study or, or homeschool group that would come. And people begin tasks and not complete them. And because God wants those tasks done, He raises up a different group of people who will do it. Israel was called to take the promised land, but they decided it was too hard. So an entire generation of people dies. Did Israel take the promised land? Yes, it was just a different group called Israel. I have learned something through that, though. When you look at those numbers, the second time, it was fewer people. <laughs> it always leaves fewer people to do more work. But God gets more glory. Somebody once questioned Catherine Kuhlman about being a woman involved in ministry. Anybody know what her response was? 
She said, the Lord asked three men, and she named them, to do this. And they all said no. I want to get it right the first time. I want to do what He's called me to do and not be dissuaded. Can you relate to that? Yes. I will give you two things before we leave. Uh, John's word was so good, it needs nothing. But I just feel if we have five minutes, I might as well give you something else because it's, it's good. You want it? Yeah. 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 Our king was offered a crown, but he chose a cross. When you're in a situation that you could be offered something that is excellent, or you could be offered something that causes great sacrifice. I want to submit to you the idea that if you take great sacrifice, you will get that which is excellent as well. But most Christian mistakes occur when we're looking for a crown without going to the cross. So beware of things that are easy. Beware of the most expedient path. This is not the way that our Lord walks, and it's not the way that He will train you to walk. That's not training. That's a bless me circle. The last one comes from Luke 22.50. Please turn to that one. i got to tell you my favorite thing about John and Joy. They're the easiest people that I know to correct. The very first time they had a big marital blow up and they got in their cars and ended up at my house. They'd only been born again two weeks. Two weeks a month, something like that. They began to accuse each other. They were standing in my kitchen. He does this, she does this. I know none of you have ever been in that situation. <laughs> I opened my Bible and they looked to see where I was opening it. And when I tell you, you'll know immediately, but they didn't know. They were new Christians. I turned to Corinthians 13. And as I got there, and they began to read, love keeps no record of wrongs. The wrongs, the counseling session was over. They closed their Bibles, they hugged each other, gave each other a kiss, prayed and went home. I knew then that they were going to go far in the kingdom. Amen. The only reason they were there is they didn't know what the Word said. And once they knew what the Word said, they were all too happy to put it into practice, no matter how silly they felt. They choose a sacrificial path, and so God will give them a crown. Are you in Luke 22, 50? Yes. yes. 49. When Jesus' followers saw that he, what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Now you know from other passages that it's Peter who struck a man, and it's Malchus who was struck. He cuts off his ear. We won't teach it tonight because that wouldn't be fair to John, it wouldn't be fair to everybody else. But in the Jewish culture, this is a way to say a man is disqualified. The servant to the high priest is like a secretary of state in Israel. He holds a position called the Sigan Ha Kohenim. It means that he is one of the more important men in Israel. And you cannot serve as a priest without an ear. You can't. God said in His Word that a priest had to have both his ears as well as a list of other body parts we won't mention. This was Peter's way of saying, you are not worthy to serve the Lord. Can you see where Peter's coming from? Could you agree that he's probably not worthy to serve the Lord? I mean, he's there arresting the King of Glory. He's working in direct opposition to God. But look what Jesus did. No more of this. 
and he touched the man's ear and healed him. We need to be very careful in our actions that what we are looking to do is qualified healing, not disqualified. That we are not looking to find ways in which people are not worthy. What we are looking to do is present people as worthy before the Lord. I want to tell you, I would have been right there with Peter. I had aimed for the head, not the ear. And you could probably make a reasonable argument if he had wanted to cut off his head. He could have, huh? He got his ear. He wanted to shame him. Our motive in dealing with one another 100% of the time needs to leave the person more qualified, not less. So when we're training, that's what we're training for. What we're repping when we sing songs about love and scriptures about unity and those things is so that in the moment you have a chance to disqualify somebody with the word, with your tongue. Instead, what we're doing is doing what it takes to put their ears back on, to qualify them. Amen? Amen. I'm very proud of John and Joy. I was happy. He was very disappointed when I didn't let him speak the week we came back. I told him we had to bump him. But what is really neat is God worked through all of that. How much of his message have you heard in other messages, bits and pieces, and none of us knew? But I'm most excited that I see it in his life. And those of you that are fortunate enough to have children in our youth group, you ask them, strip everything else away, and ask them, are you learning about Jesus? If they don't tell you yes, then uh, we'll take that out. I haven't, I haven't found that to be the case. My own children would rather listen to John and Joy than they would listen to us. Uh, 100% of the time, they enjoy what they're learning. This is what we want. And we didn't choose them because they were entertaining or because they could out-arm wrestle the other teenagers or they would stand on their head on a chair or any of the ridiculous things I've seen youth pastors do. We chose them because they knew that they would take the task seriously. Amen? Amen? Well, let's stand up and let's pray. I would love for the day to happen when it's not the dying's testimony, not the May's testimony, not the slaughters, but it's every person in this room that you've been sent somewhere and there's been an outbreak of the Holy Ghost where you've gone. I want you to be infectious. Some of you are called to go. Some of you are called to stay. That's part of a healthy church. You can't look at everybody that walks out those doors and go, oh, they're out of God's will. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not. We're going to bless every person whether they go or stay. That's what God's called us to do. The real question, though, is will you have gotten everything that you were supposed to get while you were here? No doubt we have a season, but are you making the most of it? I have been all alone in cities that were foreign to me. You learn the value of fellowship during those days. When you don't know another person that will go pray with you for a couple hours without a thought, you begin to think back and appreciate all the ones that would for years. There's nobody to help you come fix a car. You begin to realize what church meant to you. Don't let yourself be all alone somewhere before you realize that. The most valuable thing that God's put in your life other than His Word are the people around you. And I have seen everything from carpet glue to colors of paint disturb that scenario. And it should. It should. This is the most valuable thing that God has given you, the people that are on your left and right. Amen? Amen. Don't be easily separated from them. Right. Let's pray.
Mighty God, we thank You. We thank You, Lord God, for bringing Your Word to us. We want to be like the tortoise, Lord. We want to run with a marathon pace. Lord, we want to reach that place and get a crown. Holy One, we ask that You would show us the areas of our lives that need to be improved. Lord, that we would easily bond with those that are around us. That we would find strength in Your oneness among us. Lord, build a sense of community here that we would be one large family. Lord, and add to our number that we might rejoice with new births in the kingdom. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. We have to build our children's church. I mean, births in the kingdom, not just new births. Right.